Thanks for tuning in on Apple or Spotify to listen to another brand new episode of The Eye Test. Before we start the show, please take five seconds to leave a review. Since we don't sell you anything, this is the best way to help us grow. We would really appreciate it. Thanks again, and enjoy the episode. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Eye Test brought to you by Belly Up Media. I'm here with Bobby Amendola and Paul Orlando. And today is a very special week. It's the first week after fantasy. It's the first week after the NFL has started. And it marks our first episode with Belly Up Sports, a company that Paul and I have been writing fantasy articles for since about April. Um, We're going to be doing the sit and start articles every week for you guys. So make sure you subscribe to Belly Up's newsletter to stay in tune with your starting rosters. And Bob, Belly Up also welcomes you too as our second or third co-host of the show. Welcome in, everybody. Thank you, Belly Up. Happy to be here. Yes, yes. And uh, so last week we did the season fantasy 2023 fantasy award predictions. So we're going to stick to that theme, except now we are handing out awards to the week one winners of these awards. And what that looks like is we got the week winner. We got the rookie rock star, the biggest surprise, the bench breakout that everyone is talking in their group chats like, oh, dude, if. If only I started Jacoby Myers, I would have had 130 points and would have won, you know, those guys. And then the fifth award, we had to do something negative. And that is the to the doghouse award, which we will explain once we get there what that means. And a little tease to our next episode, which will be aired tomorrow. We're going to have a lot of good players in the doghouse and we're going to predict if they can get out and how they can get out. So let's go ahead and start out with the week winner. And Bob, you're going to start us off with this. Who was your week winner for week one? All right. So my week winner for week one is actually a player who we saw a lot of players that didn't live up to the hype in week one. This player got a lot of hype in the offseason and actually exceeded expectations in week one. And that's Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk had eight receptions, 129 yards, and two touchdowns. In PPR leagues, that was good enough for 33 points. So I'd say most teams that had him on their team most likely won their weeks. And he's looking like the top dog in San Francisco like a lot of people were projecting. I wasn't as high on him in the offseason, although I did think he would be better. But Dare I say he's looking like he may be the top target in that offense. Now, I know George Kittle was a little banged up, but Brandon Ayuk looks like he's ready to fully break out and may be challenging for wide receiver one status this NFL season. Yeah, I think uh, whether you're high on him in the offseason or not, I think one thing that we all agreed on during the offseason was that Brandon Ayuk was much better value in terms of ADP versus Debo Samuel. Yeah. Um, almost like a three, three to four round difference between the two. And Debo Samuel had what, like six catches, 60 yards. Like he put up like average numbers, but third round numbers, no way. Um, so yeah, Brandon, Ayuk, great player, great week winner. Paul, who's your week winner? 
So I went with a little more of an obvious one here, and that is Tyreek Hill for the Miami Dolphins. He told you, he told all of us that he's going to go for over 2,000 yards this year, and he, well, he started off the season fantastically. 15 targets, 11 catches, 215 yards, and two touchdowns. He got you 44.5 points in PPR leagues. He is looking like an absolute freak of nature fantasy wise. I would love to see his career stats in the next, you know, when he retires, where he ranks as potentially one of the greatest fantasy football players of all time. This Miami offense went stupid. I think Tua threw for over 500 yards. I think yeah. Jalen Waddle was a little quiet though. He was. I think that's going to happen though. You know, I mean, Kind of as expected. If it's a Tyreek Hill game, it's not a Jalen Waddle game. Yeah. I know, but Tyreek just eats so much of those targets and eats so much into Jalen Waddle's workload. It's going to be really interesting how that works out. But if you got a bunch of crap for drafting Tyreek Hill over Cooper Cup in your redraft leagues this year, you can now point at the Cooper Cup owner and laugh at him because you're a genius. Tyreek Hill is going to be a superstar I think he could very well easily be the wide receiver one this year. He is just insane. He's playing on a completely different planet right now. He is my obvious week winner right here. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, he's like already 10% of his way there, 2,000 yards in one <laughs> game. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, you said Tua, I think he threw for just under 500 yards, but he was the top number one quarterback of the week. So props to the Dolphins offense there. Let's head on over to the rookie rock star. Some people took gambles on rookies. Some rookies fell to you on your team. Bob, who's your rookie rock star of the week one? So it's easy to say, you know, Bijan Robinson was the rookie rock star of the week because everyone was anticipating that he was going to be, you know, an RB1 this season. And he did show us enough where to warrant that. But this guy is a guy that showed out this week and I think is going to continue to only get better. And that's Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison finished with four receptions, 61 yards, and got a touchdown in his first career game. But the kicker is that he only played in a little over 50% of the snaps in the Vikings game against the Bucks. And you compare that to K.J. Osborne, who's supposedly ahead of him on the depth chart. K.J. Osborne played a little over 90% of the snaps. So if you're a Jordan Addison bull, then he you're going to think that he's going to overtake KJ Osborne at some point. And the minute that he ta overtakes KJ Osborne and starts playing, you know, 80 plus percent of the snaps, then he is going to be an absolute stud. And he already showed it on limited snaps. So I think there's it's only going to get better for Jordan Addison from here on out. And Bob, how many targets did Jordan Addison have? Do you have that had, on you? He had six. And so he had six targets, four receptions. And let's not forget about Justin Jefferson's like 30 targets and 25 receptions or whatever yeah. he had. I mean, so that's pretty cool that he can be on the same field as Justin Jefferson. Um, and he's still gaining attention, which shows to me that he is he's just separating from the defense and getting open more, more open than KJ Osborne is. Yeah. That's for sure. Paul, KJ Osborne. Rock star to you, Paul. Oh, you know, this was an easy one for me. You know, this was so easy for me. I got to put my boy Zay Flowers in here, man. He looked great. It was, he looked great. 
it was so fun to watch him. I got the uh, t- I got to watch him live. I was at the game, and let me just tell you, man, this kid. I know I'm a huge Ravens fan, but he reminds me so much of Tyree Kill. The way he moves in space, the way they get him the ball in space and let him work some magic. He's a little guy, but oh my god, his separation is insane. He finished the day. So Jordan Addison had a productive day, and we expect to see his snaps increase, where Zay Flowers was out there for 84% of the snaps week one. He is already a focal point of this offense. He had 10 targets. He led Ravens receiving in targets and catches. He had 10 targets. He brought nine of them in for 78 yards. He did not find the end zone, but don't get me wrong. Zay Flowers will get his fair share of touchdowns this year. He is just an electric, an electric kid. And I am very excited to see how he does in this offense, especially with the horrible injury to J.K. Dobbins. I know Munkin loves to use the running backs in the past game, but now I wouldn't be surprised if we see some more screens to save flowers, if we see more of those. What are those cheap plays where they, like, they count as a reception, even though it's like the quarterback's in shotgun, flowers will come oh, across like the in motion. Pass. Yeah, and they just like pitch it to him, and yeah. it like, technically counts as a catch because it's like a forward pass mm-hmm. like don't get me wrong if we start seeing more of those types of plays in order to get say flowers move and get his speed up and have him you know just break these long runs he is going to be an incredible talent and i'm not just saying that as a ravens fan i think this kid's going to be awesome yeah, I agree, especially in like jet sweeps and all that stuff too. get him some rushing upside. Zay Flowers could totally fit in with that type of role, especially with the J.K. Dobbins injury. One thing I do want to monitor with Zay Flowers, though, Paul, is I do want to watch very closely what his snap count and his target share looks like once Mark Andrews is in. If Zay Flowers can keep that fair, I'm expecting it to go down. But if it's stagnant and or if it's it's consistent, you know, above 50 percent snaps around those six to eight targets, I am super high on Zay Flowers for sure. Yeah, I think Mark Andrews will really, really affect Zay Flowers in the red zone. Um, I think that would be where I would be the most worried. But I still think this kid's going to be something special, man. All right, let's head on over to the biggest surprise, which I think we could say those rookie rock stars were bigger surprise, but let, let's get another one, Bob. What, what was a big surprise for you? Biggest surprise for me was a guy on my own team, and this is a guy coming off an ACL injury, and you just don't expect them to just hit the ground running in week one like that, especially on a guy that only played 31% of the snaps, and that's Brees Hall. Brees Hall ran the ball. 10 times for 127 yards, had an 83-yard run, also caught a pass for 20 yards. To be that efficient, after coming off an ACL tear last season, you just really don't expect it. And it's very easy to see now that Brees Hall is going to be one of the best value plays in all of fantasy football. Like, if you grabbed him where I did in the mid-fourth round in fantasy drafts, he already is paying dividends in week one, and he's not even 100% yet. So huge shout-out to Brees Hall. And he's, again, another guy. He's only going to get better from here, especially now that we think that the Jets are going to run the ball even more with Zach Wilson probably going to be the starter for the rest of the season. Yeah, and I think even last week we were we were fearful of, you know, how much play the veteran Dalvin Cook is going to take away from Brees Hall, at least in the first couple weeks, uh, as we expected Brees to heal more on that ACL. But, I mean, Dalvin Cook had like eight carries. Yeah. Um, he was not 
passing the eye test in any way. Dalvin Cook was getting stopped before the line. He was not getting uh, big breakaways like Brees Hall had. Brees Hall had like a 30-yard run and then, what, like a 50-yard run or something like that in the first half. I mean, he just looked completely unscathed from that injury from last year. And I really hope that he continues to stay healthy because the the Jets can't have any more injuries after that Rodgers die down. No, no, definitely not. All right, Paul, let's get to you here. Who's your biggest surprise? So my biggest surprise was Jacoby Myers for the Las Vegas Raiders. He had 10 targets for nine catches, 81 yards, and two touchdowns. He scored almost 30 points. He finished with 29.1 in PPR formats. And I think the only difference here... Not the only difference, but the difference here between Brees Hall and Jacoby Myers is, like Bob said, I think Brees Hall is going to continue to stack and continue to improve and get better. I think we might have seen the best game from Jacoby Myers this year in week one. Do not (laughs) do not get mistaken. Devontae Adams is the best receiver on that depth chart on that team, probably on that side of the Mississippi. Is Justin is Minnesota on that side of the Mississippi? It's on the uh, no, it's on the east side. Okay, so yeah, Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver on that side of the Mississippi. And I think this was just a Jimmy Garoppolo knows Jacoby Myers from their time in New England, so he looked at him more as a safety blanket. They're going to work on that with Devontae Adams, but it was still nice to see somebody on your bench, probably, most likely, on your bench. Yeah, Yeah, score 29 points. He did, I think, leave the game under concussion protocol, so his status for week two is in the air. This was a nice Dude. little surprise. Huh? He looked he looked messed up when yeah. he got off the field. I, I didn't see the video of like it. Tua last year. He literally looked like Tua. Oh Jesus. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see the video of it, but I heard that it was <laughs> not he pretty. Got rocked. Dude. So yeah, it was it was a nice surprise to see Jacoby Myers do that. Now, would I say that you found a wide receiver one in the 10th, 11th round of your draft? Absolutely not. Could this happen again? Maybe it's not impossible, but do not bank on it. But it was still nice to see Jacoby Myers get some good action in week one. Yeah, I think a lot of that success has to do with the fact that Devontae Adams also had uh, Patrick Sertain on him the whole entire game. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Devontae Adams probably was just distraction guy for week for week one. And yeah, we do expect Devontae Adams to be a wide receiver one week in, week out uh, from here on out at least. All right, let's head on over to... The bench breakout, Paul, I know you kind of alluded it with Jacoby Myers, but let's get a couple others. Bob, who's your bench breakout? Of bench one? breakout, another another rookie that we're going to be talking about and a guy that, you know, is basically filling in for the time being for an injured superstar, and it's Puka Nakua. He, he, was, a, he was probably on the waiver wire in most leagues this week, but if you had him... If you're in a dynasty league, he was going in like the fifth round of rookie drafts, but the Cooper cup injury popped up. The Rams don't have a lot of capable pass catchers and Puka Nakua dropped nearly 22 points in PPR leagues this week, 15 targets played 78% of the snaps, 10 receptions and 119 yards. He just, he didn't have a touchdown, but that is, that's elite production for, especially for a guy that, was on the waiver wire this week. And I think this is, this is at least going to maybe he doesn't put up 22 every week, but this type of like production can somewhat be expected at least until Cooper cup comes back. And then even when Cooper cup comes back, like I said, 
He's competing with guys like Tutu Atwell and Van Jefferson. And, you know, Stafford has already shown that he could trust him. So I think this is a guy that could still produce even when Cooper Cup comes back. So, you know, if you're scouring the waiver wire right now, I'm not saying spend all your fob on him, but you may want to consider dropping a nice chunk of change on him, especially if you're in need, a need for a wide receiver. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that this could be, uh, and it, it does compare pretty well, like almost like Joshua Palmer comp. Mm with the whole Keenan Allen injury last year. Mm-hmm. Josh Palmer certainly had some weeks where he popped off because, you know, there wasn't much target competition and maybe they were playing against a bad defense. So those two things together, um, you know, can combine for a pretty good week for Puka and the fact that Cooper cups out uh, it's, it's really helping his case. And also you can check out our newest YouTube short, TikTok, Instagram reel on week one i guess waiver ads or i guess waiver ads heading into week two that's probably the best way to put it paul let's hear your bench breakout so my bench breakout is a guy i think a lot of us drafted as a handcuff for the shiny new rookie Bijan robinson and i gotta throw tyler algier in here as my bench breakout i mean man 15 carries, 75 yards. He averaged five yards a carry. Got two touchdowns on the ground, but I think what surprised me the most here is they did target him three times in the pass game, which he only totaled for 20 yards. But in PPR, that's a free extra three points. Five points. Or five points if you count the yards, but three. Yeah, per, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So which is it was, nice. I'm, if I have Bijan Robinson, don't get me wrong, I am not concerned about Tyler Algier being like, the new running back, even though he technically did lead the backfield in week one. But I think this just goes to show that Arthur Smith, the coach of the Falcons does not care about your fantasy team. Like (laughs) not at all all. at all. Yeah. Drake London. We'll talk about him later, but Oh my God, I almost gave up a first and somebody else for him in dynasty. Kind of glad I didn't do that. I I'm very glad I I actually traded for him in the off season and then trade. <laughs> I traded for him and then I traded him in one off season. And I'm pretty happy right now that I did that. Yeah. So it's Atlanta is certainly going to be interesting. I think the one thing that Arthur Smith has proven to us though, is that the running backs are the featured point and B. John Robinson is obviously the most talented, but if you have Tyler Algier on your bench and you have to start him in a pinch, say some injuries happen or what have you, you at least can know that, there's a possibility that he can pop off and, and give you some startable weeks. So it's nice to have him on your bench, but Bijan Robinson is still the go-to guy there. Don't get that twisted. All right, let's head on over to our last reward. Now, this is the to the doghouse award. Now I'll, I'll explain what it means. Basically these are players that were drafted highly or they were, or I guess they were highly drafted and they were expected to perform. If they weren't dra- uh, highly drafted, they were players that were expected to do well, maybe because of the fact that they're the only running back in the offense or something like that. Um, so these are the players that um, should get the To the Doghouse Award. And tomorrow's episode is going to be our Fantasy Doghouse episode where we place these players in the doghouse and we let you know if we think they're going to get out from their week two performance and how they can actually completely exit the doghouse. So Bob, 
go ahead and let's introduce the first player that is getting a free ticket to the doghouse. This guy will be in our episode tomorrow, Bob. Who is it? So I've been on this all off season, and you guys know I've been on it all off season. And his stat line wasn't even that bad, but he did not pass the eye test in his first game, and he just didn't look good. And he still went under his projection as well because of the high expectations and where he was being drafted and everything like that. And that's Justin Fields. Like I said, the stat line wasn't horrific. He completed 24 of 37 passes, 216 yards, threw a touchdown, also threw a pick. And of course, in classic Justin Fields, he ran for 59 yards as well. But the Bears look pretty much exactly like they did last year. They got blown out by the Packers and Again, Justin Fields not passing the eye test in week one and considering where he was being drafted this season and everyone saying DJ Moore is it's like DJ Moore to Justin Fields is AJ Brown to Jalen Hurts. Week one, it did not look anything like that. So and I don't ex- and I expect it to be like that pretty much all off season, all all season long. So Justin Fields, easy candidate to throw in the doghouse for me. Yeah, he certainly deserves a spot there. I unfortunately was the guy who did draft Justin Fields in our league and um, in the 16th round got Jordan Love and Jordan Love outperformed. Jordan Love looked like how Justin Fields should have played and they happened to play against each other. Um, So I don't know what happened. Um, Yeah, very upsetting for Justin Fields owners and we can only hope that he is not a fluke. And he's also uh, an Ohio State quarterback. So those thoughts are all popping into my head like, oh, I should have known Ohio State quarterbacks. A lot yeah. of them are busts. Paul, who's your player that is getting a free ride to the doghouse? So I already mentioned Drake London, but I don't want to put him in there, even though Drake London, God, that was awful. But I'm oh, going to do be in. He'll be yeah. in. <laughs> he'll, yeah, he'll definitely. He's <laughs> But. I'm going to go with somebody that a team traded for, even though they did not give up much for him this offseason, but they did trade for him, and he only got one carry for three yards and got two targets in the past game. He caught one of them, and that is – or he caught one of them for no receiving yards, so no gain. That's DeAndre Swift. I knew it. I was oh. going to say that stat line sounded very familiar. Yeah, <laughs> I mean – my God, I don't know what this guy wants. Like Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch. All he had to do was play better than Kenneth Gainwell. And Swift only saw 29% of the snaps. He was only on the field for 12 plays. Did nothing with what was given to him. This dude seems to have all the town in the world, or so we're told every offseason, that he has all the town in the world, that he's a great receiving back. He's this, that, and the other. He's 24 years old. And he just never, ever puts it together. And so if you took a flyer on this Philadelphia Eagles backfield, if you took Swift somewhere in the middle rounds, uh, my heart breaks for you. Hopefully you don't have to start him, but it is not looking good for DeAndre Swift. I'm I'm throwing him in the doghouse, and I don't foresee him leaving anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, if, if since I am going to be that Eagles fan in denial here, the only thing that I could say that it's a reason is that Kenny Gainwell knows the offense more than DeAndre Swift, but that's no excuse because DeAndre Swift had more than enough time to learn it. So I'm pretty confused as to why they chose not to use him. My second reasoning would be maybe they're planning to use him for the Vikings game on four days notice. And they're, that's how they're like splitting up the carries. I don't know, but either way, Paul, I'm just as concerned as you are, especially as an Eagles fan, because 
I was expecting the world out of DeAndre Swift. And he had a great week one last year against the Eagles, against <laughs> a great defense. He scored like 30 points. So, like, what's up with that? I don't know. But um, you cannot rely on Kenny Gainwell to be the star running back of the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, you can't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're getting a little too much into Eagles. Uh, <laughs> Eagles talk. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to put an end to this episode. Everyone who's tuning in on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and like this video. Comment who you think belongs in the doghouse in tomorrow's episode. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. If you're listening on Spotify and Apple, we appreciate it. Go ahead and give us a five-star review. We will see you tomorrow with the Fantasy Doghouse episode. Peace. Peace.